The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I am your host, Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyTShirt.com. Support them as they support us. And of course, if you're listening to this, you got to be a premium subscriber at Inside Carolina. That means you get 10% off that Johnny T-Shirt order. And also rate us, review us, subscribe, follow on the YouTube channel, on the podcast app, however you get these. Uh, so you don't miss stuff like this, because this is a little bit of a surprise podcast. I've got Sherelle McMillan with me. Uh, it's a Friday evening, which I can't say the last time I did a Friday night podcast, maybe during a tournament of some sort. But Sherelle, we're here today. We're gathered here today to talk about the commitment of Oklahoma's Brady Manick to the Tar Heels. Tell us a little bit about what North Carolina can expect to get. Um, but first, tell us the process that maybe got him to Chapel Hill. Well, I can tell you the last time you did a Friday night podcast, it was four weeks ago, because that was the night that Carolina lost to Wisconsin and ended their season. You are <clears> accurate. <throat> See how, I, how quickly I put that out of my misery? Well, the, the four weeks have been three years, you know, in IC <laughs> time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, Brady Manick, um, he is a stretch four. I think that is the big um, thing that I think has Carolina fans excited because if you look back uh, Hebrew Davis and, and back to Roy Williams the stretch four was something they really really wanted and they couldn't quite grab one uh, you know Luke May is kind of the last real what you would consider stretch four that they had and that was you know kind of a confluence of circumstances that went their way with his dad having played there and um, him accepting a walk-on you know, role at first and then getting on scholarship before he ever got there. Anyway, the point is they've offered a ton of guys in that role and just haven't been able to get them. So the fact that Manic really is that guy um, who can space and, and spread the floor um, with the shooting, I think is huge for North Carolina next year. And honestly, the happiest person in the world, if he decides to return to North Carolina, has to be Armando Baycott because he's going to have so much room um, to operate you know, with someone like Manic out there, uh, you start talking about Hubert Davis and listening to what's been said by his assistant coaches, uh, Brad Frederick, Jeff Lebo, and Sean May. And then you start hearing what he said publicly and started putting that with what we've heard privately. And spacing is probably, if it's not one, it's one B. Uh, if it's not one A, it's one B as far as what they want to change for next year. And someone like Manic just gives you the ability to, to spread the floor and spacing, which creates, it makes it so much easier for guards, makes it easier for him, makes it easier for Baycott. So it really is a, a big deal. I don't think folks should diminish this just because it's not a five-star guy coming out of high school or anything. This is a polished player who's ready to start right away. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. We, we've talked about young guys and recruiting high school guys, but this is a guy that played 100-plus games at Oklahoma, averaged uh, double figures every year, uh, 14 and a half his junior year, and has hit, what, 235 threes in his college career. I mean, I'm not sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if Carolina could have gotten a better fit for what they're trying to do than picking up this guy. 
Yeah, if we assume, we don't know, but what we assume that uh, Hubert Davis wants to do, like we said, is space. And mm -hmm. that's what Manic creates. And uh, I was looking it up, um, 235 made threes. What would your guess that would be all time at Carolina if he had spent his four uh, years at Carolina? I already saw it. So you saw I'm it, okay. It, but I'll let you share it. <laughs> so he would be third all time behind Marcus Page <laughs> and Joel Berry. So that tells you the kind of pro prolific three-point shooter he is. Um, and I don't want to limit him to being a three-point shooter, but that is something that I think the Carolina staff has recognized that they need. I mean, how could you not after the last two years with the way they've shot it? It's been inconsistent uh, is probably the nicest way to say it. Uh, bad probably is a mean way to say it, but they had <laughs> to improve their shooting. And, you know, someone like that from the sports four spot, you know, helps a lot. What else does he offer? Now, everybody talks about Carolina needs shooting. Clearly, they need shooting. Roy Williams was big on rebounding. And, and Manic wasn't a really strong rebounder. Um, but Baycott will eat up a ton of those if he comes back. And, and you're right. I think I saw Baycott tweet the Hubert Davis deal with it uh, meme or GIF earlier um, today. But he, he's got to be a good rebounder for this Carolina team. Uh, to excel doing what Hubert wants to do, right? Or is there another way that can mask that um, with just Baycott down low? Yeah, we're kind of guessing because we don't, we know, we think we kind of know what it's going to look like, but we don't. Um, I think it, that becomes a situation where you have hopefully your wings, uh, your guards can rebound as well. Um, since there is going to be more space, you would presume there'd be more opportunities for them um, to gather rebounds. So there's that. And he, he does have to, uh, you know, become a better rebounder at UNC because if things play out like we think, that's going to be a necessity for big guys. Um, but what he also brings, I think, um, is just, it sounds cliche, but veteran winning experience, you know, having done it at the highest level in college basketball, um, uh, you know, a power, I guess it's power six now, or a major conference team in the tournament, out of the tournament, playing against, you know, Baylor and playing against Kansas and playing against Texas, like really good teams often, you know, sometimes, you know, succeeding and playing well. So I think that is huge that you're going to have someone, um, you don't want to call it like a pro, but you know, when, when a NFL team signs, you know, Grizzly veteran backup, it's always, well, he's going to come in here and mentor those guys. I think maybe, I don't know Manic's personality, but I think just the way he works because he's been in a college program and he understands what it takes to win. I think that'll be big because North Carolina is still a young team. I think people don't think about that sometimes with Anthony Harris and uh, the other freshman guards, Corbin Walton, Caleb Love, um, RJ Davis, Puff Johnson. That's five guys right there who will be sophomores next year who are you know, probably going to play major minutes. You add in Dontre Styles and DeMarco Dunn. That's seven of your, I guess now they have 10 scholarship players guaranteed to be in, in Chapel Hill next year who are freshmen or sophomores. So, you know, that senior experience is big. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's any way you can overstate that I mean you look at the teams you look at a team like Baylor I mean they're loaded with old guys and they wear you out um, because they're experienced and they know what to do and this guy's certainly done it at the highest level one thing he's got to do is he's got to keep the mustache and he's got to keep the hair <laughs> um, as somebody that's never been able to grow hair like that and can only grow a white mustache uh, I'd like to see that portion for Brady when he gets to Carolina <laughs> and the fact that if you have a guy that has long shaggy hair and a mustache wearing people out in the North Carolina uniform. That's just, that's classic. You know, I just from watching the clips of him, he seems like he has a little, a little passion, a little fire to him. 
um, which I, I don't think can hurt. I think at times in the last couple of years, maybe you watch Carolina and you said, well, where is where's that from UNC? You see it from time to time. But again, having someone, a senior who's been in games where you're down 20, in games where you're down 25, in games where you're up 20, up 25, knowing what to do in those situations, I think is invaluable for, you know, that team next year. And it helps, frankly, a first year head coach to have, you know, a guy, again, who's going to be a fifth year, you know, quote unquote, super senior um, you know, available and, and ready to help. Let me ask you this, knowing what you know about the current team and, and what's on the roster, what's expected to be on the roster, how do you see the fit all around, not just the shooting and all that, but how do you see, how do you see the blend with him? Does having Hubert Davis being a first-year guy, does that help a guy like Manic coming in? Um, because maybe it's sort of a, a cleaner slate than it would have been if, say, Roy Williams was still there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's again, we're, we're obviously not going to disrespect Roy Williams on the podcast, mm -hmm. but absolutely, there was kind of a, a stigma that if you're a big guy and you go to Carolina, you, you know, certain things are going to be expected of you, which they were. And that's the reason, one of the reasons he won 903 games. But uh, for certain type players, there might be an aversion to um, always being in, in the paint. And I think. Um, whether it was fair or not, that was the expectation that people had if they were looking at UNC or thinking about coming to UNC that they, oh, he's going to bury me in the paint. I'm not going to get to kind of show what I can do, even though I don't know if that necessarily was always the case, but there was that stigma around it. So I think with Hubert coming in, he can say, look, I, you know, I played in the NBA, Sean played in the NBA. Uh, I'm very familiar with the new concepts with spacing and pick and pop and pick and roll and all those things, all the NBA concepts. And I want to use that and put it on top of what Carolina has always done and kind of blend them together. Just like, you know, uh, Coach Guthridge took some stuff from Coach Smith and Coach Williams took stuff from Coach Guthridge and Coach Doherty took stuff from Coach Guthridge and they all put their little stamp on it, blend it together. And it's like the new version of the Carolina way each time. I think that's what Hubert is doing. And it, it obviously involves spacing and, and shooting. Um, so that's where I think uh, uh, Manning comes in. And that is why maybe uh, having Hubert say that is a little bit different than hearing Roy Williams say it because there's not right or wrong. There's not 30 years of history behind it. There's, you know, what I said in a, in a couple of zoom calls. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, if I'm totally honest with you uh, and, and with our listeners, it's sort of exciting to see Carolina maybe play a different style than they've played. I understand when they talk about building it on the foundation that is Carolina basketball, but to see something different. And I'm not necessarily sure that had the other guys stayed, it would have been much different. I think that it's going to be completely different because maybe because it has to. Let me ask you this, and we're going to keep this one short, folks. Coast to coast with Sherelle, Sean, and Joey Powell on Sunday night. Uh, Joey and I on Inside Carolina Live tomorrow morning discussing this and other uh, developments. But Christian Bishop, um, I believe he had a commitment date of this weekend, but he has committed to Texas shortly after Manic commits to Carolina. What's going on there? Well, you know, I don't know for sure, but you can start to connect dots. You can say, okay, Carolina has these two guys, presumably who play the same position. I think what we've heard is that Carolina would have loved to have them both. However, if you're one of these two guys, you're leaving a situation and you don't want to go get less playing time. You want to get, you know, equal to or more. So I think the idea that um, they could have got both is, is faulty. So they wanted, they would have taken both, but I don't think there's any way they were getting both, right? So uh, Bishop sets a commitment date for a Saturday on Thursday night. And basically that leaves Friday if you are UNC 
And if you, I don't, I'm not saying they have a preference. I don't know if they had a preference, you know, they maybe you call that preference up and say, look, you know, we, we feel good about the situation we're in with X player on Saturday. Um, so just want to let you know that. And if there's anything you need to tell us, you know, let us know. And, you know, in this situation, it looks like man, it committed. And uh, I think, you know, we've talked about Hubert Davis space and we talked about player development. The other thing he's talked about a lot about is shooting. So in this situation, you have one guy who wants to prove that he's a shooter and another guy who's already proven that he is a shooter. So, uh, you know, if you start putting things together, you kind of see that maybe they prioritize the shooting, even though they would have loved to have both, but they knew that they could only get one to come because of the playing time and the position and all that. Uh, and so as soon as, you know, was it three hours after Manic made his decision to Carolina, uh, Bishop commits to Texas. Uh, and for a, a lot of people, they thought that Kansas was the favorite. So if you take the breadcrumbs and read the tea leaves and do whatever the magic eight ball, whatever, it's reasonable to assume or conclude that Bishop may have been headed to Carolina had Manic not decided on that. I don't know that for sure, but it when you look at all the circumstantial evidence, you're in law enforcement, you look at the circumstantial evidence, that's kind of where your, where your conclusion goes to me. Absolutely. And if folks are listening to this on the Inside Carolina Premium Boards, there's a thread about this very subject. It's worth checking out. Uh, Sherelle, Mannix in, I believe you said 10 scholarship players for North Carolina currently. Uh, what's that? Left? Is not, that doesn't include Baycott. So, if, that, so Baycott so, would be 11. Right. So Baycott returns, they have two scholarships remaining. Okay. So what do you think Hubert Davis and his staff prioritize from here? Uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not sure. Um, we've heard a couple of things, you know, he's mentioned to um, in interviews and then kind of privately that he's looking for shooters, that he wants shooting. And, and I don't know if Manic uh, kind of fills, you know, that void or if he wants to add another one. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, if you look at the roster, I think he, it seems pretty full outside of someone to potentially uh, back up Armando Baycott. But again, we don't even know if he wants a backup five. Maybe you know, they're, they're going to play a situation where they have five out, or maybe they're going to play two stretch fours at once with that when Baycott goes to the bench, if he were to return. Um, obviously, if Baycott does not return, they need a five. But if he does, um, I, I, I can't answer the question because I don't, I'm not 100% sure what he wants and what he wants the team to look like. But uh, right now, you know, they have a pretty solid 11, I would say. Um, you start looking at it, there's a lot of versatility. Um, there's a lot of potential. I think there's a good amount of athleticism. Um, guys who maybe are will be a little bit better in space. Um, and then you have players who you don't know a ton about, like uh, Puff Johnson. We think he'll eventually be a good player, but his season was derailed by injuries. Uh, and then the two freshmen, Dontre Styles and DeMarco Dunn. Uh, Dunn has the reputation of a shooter. Styles is very athletic. Um, so you have to kind of see how, how they will fit in. But, uh, you know, they have some pieces. I, I, really, um, I really think they have some pieces. And considering what they've lost, you know, they've lost a lot of players mm -hmm. considering what they've lost. Uh, you know, this is kind of a, a best case scenario, uh, I, I would say, or close to it. We mentioned four weeks ago, that podcast that I'd already forgotten. I can't believe what's all going on with <laughs> Carolina basketball in the last four weeks and a lot more to come. And if you're listening to this and like I mentioned earlier, get on inside Carolina, join the premium boards, Sherelle McMillan will be there. He'll be telling you all about it, scooping everybody. And then that scope appears otherwise. But I digress. Sherelle, appreciate it, my friend. Uh, thanks, Tommy.
Join us on Inside Carolina Live tomorrow at 10 a.m. on chapelboro.com, Coast to Coast Podcast Sunday night. Like I said, Johnny T-Shirt's our sponsor. Rate us, review us, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner I. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.